You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org.
Christ is risen from the dead, trampling over death by death. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the grave. Christ is risen from the dead, we are one with Him again. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the Let's go. 
I want to start out with a question. How do you how do you view yourself? Do you view yourself as special in God's eye? Do you view yourself as valued as someone who has worth? Or do you view yourself as common? Maybe even cheap. You hear those voices in your head that tell you you're not going to amount to anything. Maybe, maybe even you've heard those voices through people in your life that, that you're not going to succeed in life. And so as we, as we look at, at how we view ourselves, it helps us to understand the importance of grace. I think a lot of people have a, uh, a lack of understanding in what grace really means. And grace is, all, is what the cross is all about. It's what the sacrifice of Jesus Christ uh, is to us. It, it, it's, it's, it's God's grace, his unmerited favor being imputed and lavished on us as, as people. And so if we have a misunderstanding of grace, we will live in this negative self-worth. We will live in a, a negative uh, uh, insignificance in our mindset. We will try to justify our lives through natural means and through things that we have to conjure up in our own abilities. You know, God's grace is so radical. And understanding grace will change the way that we live. It'll change the way that we look at ourselves. It'll change the way that we look at God. And what's important for us to understand is that, is that there are two realms. Remember last week I talked about how the Apostle Paul, as he's writing to the church in Rome, and he gets to the place where he says that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because we've been justified, just as if we have never sinned. That's what the cross meant to us. And so, so we, we get this, this perspective of, of who we are in Christ. And, and what it teaches us is, as Paul continues to write this letter, it teaches us that there are two realms. There, there's a realm of, of us living in a natural life, us living our life independently of God. And that realm is called the realm of Adam. Adam was the first man ever created. He was created by God out of dust. And Adam, uh, because of his choices, uh, he, his life with, with the Father was, was severed. The, this, this wonderful communion that he had with the Father was, was, was just broken. And so many people live in that realm. They live in a, in, in a, in a broken state in their lives. Broken relationships, broken self-worth, broken significance. And then there's another realm. That's the realm of Jesus, the realm of Christ. And that is a spiritual realm. And in that, we're in connection with God. We are, we are one with Christ. And, and, and we walk in his accomplishments. We walk in his righteousness. And it changes the way that we, that we look at ourselves. It changes the way that we view God. And it changes the way that we live. It changes our relationships. I was talking to someone recently, and they said to me, uh, how do you, I, I, said, I asked them the question, how do you view yourself? And they said, 
uh, I, I hate people, and uh, I, I, I just want to be alone. Leave me alone. And, and so we, we, I laughed at that, and we talked about it, and she jokingly said that. But, but we can look at the way that we, that we view ourselves, the way we view life, the way that we view our circumstances, and if we get a, a, a distorted view, then our lives become distorted. If we get a, a, a clear view of who we are with the worth of Christ, it changes our lives. So here's how Paul starts out, and this is a beautiful, beautiful passage that we're going to unpack today. In chapter 5 of verse 12, we're going to start out with, and uh, we're going to look at, at first of all, the, the realm, the, the, the two realms. And, and this is what, uh, what Paul wrote. He said, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Now, let's pause real quick. That's important for us to understand when Adam sinned, when he, when he fell short with one choice, he had a, a lot of things before him, but only one thing that he could get wrong. And when, when he got that thing wrong, it says sin entered the world. And now we're filled with all kinds of choices, all kinds of negative choices that, that are on us. But we, we need to understand that it was Adam's sin that brought sin into our world. And then he goes on. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given. But it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses. Even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God as Adam did. Now, Adam is a symbol or a type a representation of Christ who was yet to come. Now we have to understand that, that in this passage, in this part of, of the narrative right here, that Paul is explaining to us that, that there are two realms. There, there is this, this realm that comes from Adam, Father Adam, our great, 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 great grandfather, uh, exponentially great, great, great grandfather, that he was a natural man. And, and in this realm, we, we, we find uh, our significance in titles, what our, what our, what our uh, nameplate says or what, what's behind our, uh, our name as far as our accomplishments. How, what do people call us? We get our significance by, by who we hang out with. And, and by trying to get uh, uh, hang out with people that 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 people look very very uh, high upon, esteem them highly, and so you get this great significance by who you hang out with, or maybe what you've done in your past. And so, so many people hold on to the trophies of their past because their significance is wrapped up in what they did. And, and so, when that gets when when those trophies get taken away, or when those trophies get messed with, your significance is being messed with because that's how you get your significance. That is the realm of Adam. We also try to find our acceptance, and we find our acceptance in what what our peers think, what our what our friends think about us, how many likes we get on social media, even uh, doing things that are that are not healthy. To, to be accepted, we'll do things that, that, that go against what we even know in our conscience as good and go beyond that to do things that are not good so that we will be accepted by our peers. You do things that are against your parents. You do things that, are, that violate your, your marital relationship. You, you just do things that are going to, to, to hurt you just for the sake 
of being accepted by others. And then we, we in the natural state of Adam, we, we try to justify our lives. We try to get our justification. And sometimes we do it out of religion, and you try to work your way to, to get your, your justification from God. Look at what I've done. I followed this rule, this rule, and this rule. Or possibly you, you don't even think about God. You, you get your justification through being moral, and, and you just, you're, you're, you're a good person. So, so you justify your, your life by, I'm not as bad as my neighbor. And I'm not as bad as that person that I work with. Or, or, or you, you get to this place in this realm where, where you justify your actions. You, 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 uh, you, you, you do things and, 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 and so you justify it by, by, by saying things or doing things. And it's just a way that you live. And everything that you try to do with these, your significance, your acceptance, and your justification, you try to find these outside of God and Jesus. And the Holy Spirit gives us an explanation. Through, through the writing of Paul, we see these, these three major characteristics in the realm of Adam. And the first characteristic is, is sin. Because Adam sinned, we all sinned. It's a, it's a realm that's filled with sin. You just can look around you. You can look at what's going on in, 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 on social media, what's going on on the media, on, on YouTube and television, or, or whatever you're watching. You can go to just different places in, in our communities, and you see that sin abides. That's why Paul wrote, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world, and everyone sinned. You see, I understand that I inherited sin from Adam. I didn't eat the forbidden fruit, but that sin of him eating the forbidden fruit was imputed to me. I was born into sin, and, and because of this, uh, I have lived my life committing many sins. I don't have to even question it that my life falls short of the glory of God. And King David put it like this in Psalm 51. He said, I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. And we can all relate to this. If you're honest, we can all relate to this. Because not only are we born in sin, but we're born into it. And all around us, there is no escaping this realm of sin on our own. The second characteristic is death. And death does so much damage to us. Death is our enemy, just like sin is, is our enemy. And it, and, it, and it alienates us from people and, and relationships, and especially our relationship with God. But death does so much damage to us because it's final. People don't come back. Even if we want them to, it doesn't matter how much we, we hope for them to come back. We, we find us, ourselves in a place of despair. And Paul wrote this, Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone for everyone's sin. And if we, as we look at it, Adam sinned and then Eve, I'm, I'm sorry, Adam died and then Eve died. And then Abel died because Cain killed his brother Abel, the first siblings in Adam's family. 
And then Cain died in a desolate place. And there's one thing that we can all be sure of is if the Lord tarries, all of us will face death because we're all mortal. That's why Paul wrote, everyone died. And so the, the, the second characteristic or the third characteristic is separation from God. Not only will we die physically, but because of the sin of Adam, we die spiritually. And we are separated from God because of sin. Isaiah put it like this. He said, your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. See, we are, we're all born into Adam's sin. And, and his sin separated him from the Father. His sin separated from this communion, this relationship that he had with him in the Garden of Eden, this, this rightful relationship that he had with God. But sin separates us from the Father as well. And that's the whole point of the cross. The cross is the means in where in which God brings us back into a right relationship with him, and he revives us. He revives our dead spirit in Christ. And then that's where we look at the realm of Christ. This is Jesus' realm. And Jesus' realm is a spiritual realm, where our spirit is made alive unto God, where we're, we're begin to, we begin to discern his voice we begin to, to know that he's alive. We begin to know that, that he is the creator and sustainer of everything that we see. You, you begin to understand that he's with you no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, that, that God is alive and that he has this relationship with you. In fact, the apostle John put it like this. He said, all who believed him, that's Jesus, and accepted him, that's Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. And they are reborn not with a physical birth resulting in human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. You see, this is, this is the realm of Christ where, where we are spiritually alive to God. Where he has bestowed his grace and he's reconciled us and he's revived our lives and our spirit. And we begin to have this, this walk with God. We begin to be able to talk with God. We, be able, we begin to be able to trust the living God. And it changes everything. So this, this realm of, of Adam, this realm that, that you're dead, and you try to find your significance in, 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 in things that are going to lack, and you try to find your acceptance in, 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 uh, in people or things, that are going to leave you empty and void. And you try to justify your life for all the choices that you've made by manipulation or by just doing things on your own. And it's a dead end road. And you find out in this realm that there's a way that seems right to a man or a woman, but in the end it leads to, to death. It leads to destruction because that's what that realm is. 
And then as Paul continues to, to write, we find out that, number two, it's similar but immensely different. To, to, to understand that these two realms, are, they're similar, but they are, they are so immensely different. It, it's so important for us to know this because God's grace looks nothing like man's religion. It looks nothing like man's good works. It looks nothing like the thousands of philosophies of trying to find the meaning of life without God at the center. In the Gospel of John, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then he goes on and says, Everything was created through him, and nothing that has been created has been created without him. The word there is logos. That, the, the word logos means the meaning of life. And everyone is trying to find the meaning of life. And people try to find the meaning of life in it. Impersonal. God shows us that the logos is a him. And it's Jesus. And so we find the meaning of life not in it, but in him. So in the natural realm of, of Adam, you're looking and you're looking and you're looking. And, and just like people are looking for what the meaning of life is. And Paul goes on to write, he says, There is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. We'll live in triumph over sin and death because of the choice of this one man, Jesus Christ. You see, no one took his life. He gave it voluntarily. No one forced Jesus to come and do what he did. He did it because of his love for the Father and because of his love for his creation. And when we understand that, when we understand that our choices have a, a great consequence, that one choice of Adam was imputed unto all mankind and, and, and we live with sin. If we did nothing in this world, if we did nothing, that sin of Adam would be imputed unto us. In the same way, if we did nothing in this world, if we did nothing and we trust in Jesus, that righteousness and that forgiveness of Jesus Christ would be imputed unto us. Our choices are so important in life. And we find how important the choice of God is to send his son so that he could offer 
forgiveness and restoration and reconciliation for us who are needy and are in this realm of darkness and this realm of death and this realm of insignificance. God loves us so much. You see, to understand grace, number three, we need to know that grace matters. It matters more to you than you could ever grasp. It matters more to me than I could ever comprehend. Because his grace is radical. His grace forgives sin that anyone could ever commit. The blood of Christ is the most powerful, powerful source that there is. The blood of Jesus cleanses people from every unrighteous act that they've committed. And you may be watching today, and you may be listening today, and you may feel, I am not, the, the things that I've done are unforgivable. Let me tell you that the God that, that came to die on the cross shed a blood that is an eternal blood, that is more powerful than your sin. And that blood can wash you clean and change your life. And it's all about what he's done. That's why it's grace. It's not about what you can do. It's about what he's done for you. And so the Apostle Paul goes on in verse 18, he says, Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. What was done in the garden, it matters to me. It shows me my inadequacy without God. What happened with my, with my great, 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 exponential great-grandfather, Adam, it matters to me because I understand who I am outside of God and outside of Jesus. But what was done at Calvary, it matters to me. Because it's there that I find true forgiveness. It's there that I find true acceptance. I'm accepted in the beloved. Because I'm in him. I'm in Christ. I'm significant because of what he's done. And he's, he's given me worth. I was wonderfully and beautifully made by God. And that day that I, that I became born again, my life changed. My mind changed. And that's exactly what God has for you. You see, I, I can, when you come to, to the cross, when you come to the, that foot of grace, we can take our mask off. We can quit faking and, and we can come to God openly and honestly. You see, religion has no place at the cross. Philosophy has no place at the cross. Good works have no place at the cross. That, those are all masks that we put on. When you come to the foot of the cross, you, you take off the mask. and You come openly and honestly and you, you state who you really are. You state that you're a sinner who, who has strayed from God, that, that you've walked away from him. That you haven't walked with him. And, and you, you state the, the, the obvious that, that you need a savior. That you need someone to come and restore you. 
and you place your trust in Jesus. Paul, as he wrote to the church in Philippi, he said this. He said, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Remember, do you remember when I said, how do you view yourself? What do you believe about yourself? Do you believe yourself as common or no worth or cheap or you don't like people or you want to be in solitude or, or, or all these different things? And that's what you believe. It's, it's faith. And Paul says, I don't try to obtain my right standing with God through the law, through what I can do, through what I can accomplish. But I, I, I obtain my rightness with God through faith. And through this faith, I am made right. And that's the, the grace of God. That's, that's the grace of Jesus that's imputed into your life. And can I tell you something? That God's grace never runs out. His grace never runs out. His grace is abundant. You know, Paul closes this passage by saying, God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sin more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, I've come to the understanding because of what Scripture speaks to me, what the good news speaks to me is that the greater my sin was, that the greater the grace of God is. The greater my failure was and is, the greater the grace that came through Calvary is for me. And no matter what I've done and no matter what I'll, I'll do and no matter what is coming in the future that I may commit, no matter how big and great it is, no matter how bad my failures are, the grace of God in Christ is bigger than my sin. And my self-worth is not attached to what I've done. My self-worth is attached to what he's done. And what he's done is greater than all of the bad choices, than all of the bad words, than all of the things that I've committed, than all the drinking, than all the addiction, than all the uh, lying and all the stealing and all the things that we all commit, his grace is greater than that. And beloved, without this relationship that you have with God through Jesus Christ, you default back to insignificance. You default to trying to find acceptance. You default to trying to justify your life and you never will you never will. It will be a repetitive circle, a downward spiral that will lead you to a life of chaos and eventually death. 
So Paul wrote to the Galatians and he said, he said, is there conflict? Is there conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it. But the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin, so we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. God sets us free through our faith and our trust in the one who is greater than our sin. I I had to come to a place in my life that I had to, to recognize that my sin was more powerful than me. It was more powerful than my, than my self-will. It was, it was more powerful than my self-effort. It was more powerful than my, than my own merits. And I came to the place that I recognized that the promise of freedom that God has for us is freedom through Jesus Christ. And then he gave me the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit fills my life and he fills my heart and he fills my mind. And he gives me unction. He gives me power so that I can walk this life of righteousness. And though I just, we all fall short. We're all in this in sanctification process. We're all, we're all living out this life being set apart. And, and every day as we need his strength, he gives us that strength. And every day that we, we mess up, we, he, he gives us forgiveness when we confess. But we all have to come to this place where we leave the realm of Adam, the domain of darkness. And we're transferred into the kingdom of God's beloved son. And in that place is where you find restoration. And in that place is where you find justification. And in that place is where you find peace and joy and self-control. But we all have to come to the place where we admit that our way is the wrong way. We all have to come to that place where we admit that we are sinners. It's the ABCs. We admit that, that we're a sinner, that we need someone that's greater than us. And that's Jesus. We, we, we recognize that we were living in Adam, and Adam sinned, and his sin was imputed unto us. And we recognize that Jesus came, and he never sinned, and he was tempted in every way. And so we admit that we need him. The B is we believe in Jesus. We put our trust in him. We, we, we begin to uh, trust that, that his words are true. And we base our life upon him. We put our trust on what he's done for us. And then we confess. We speak it. We say, Jesus, you're my Lord. And then we choose to follow him from this day forward. And we begin to, to just follow his steps. And we go away from our steps. And we start following him through, through this precious book. This is the word of God. And the living word becomes alive to us. And, and, and everything that's spoken in it is, is what we're, we're talking about today. How our justification is in Christ. And how this grace that he's given us is, is unbelievable. And every day that we walk with him, we understand it a little bit more. And our thoughts become better. And our hearts become more pliable and more loving. 
and our actions become ones that bring glory to him. But we'll never do that in the realm of Adam. We can only do that in the realm of Christ. And so I believe that many of you are going to say yes to Jesus. Maybe for the first time, you're going to say yes. You're going to just receive him into your life. It's a simple prayer. It's just saying, God, I'm a sinner. And today I want to turn from my ways. And I want to say that today I'm putting my faith in Jesus Christ. I, I, I put my faith in the one that came and died on the cross at Calvary for all of my sins, my past, my present, and my future sins. And today I confess him as my Lord and my Savior, and I choose to follow him from this day forward. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, we are rejoicing with you. We are so excited at Living Word Chapel, we want to be a church that comes alongside and encourages you and strengthens you and helps you out on this journey of faith. And I can tell you, as one that knows uh, in walking with Jesus Christ for 27 years, that he never leaves us and he, ne- he never forsakes us. And he, he, we find acceptance. We, we find our, our justification and we find our significance in him. And it's a life that's incredible. And today you've joined into that life. And so we're just saying, yes. And so if you don't mind, you can put your hallelujah raised hands uh, on the comments below so that we can pray for you, so that we can know what you've done. And if you're here and if you're listening and you're a believer, and maybe the Lord spoke to you about that realm of Adam, maybe you're, maybe you're walking in that realm, or maybe you're believing the wrong way, God wants you to know that your worth is great in Christ. You're a child of God. You're a holy one. The Bible calls us saints, not because of what we've done, but because of what God has done for us. And so walk with your head up high. Today, receive everything that God has done for you. Don't walk in condemnation. Walk in the justification and the grace, the abundant grace of God. And so I want you to know that God loves you. He's got a wonderful plan for your life. And we're so excited about what he's doing. Now, we'd love for you to connect with Living Word Chapel, but we're not the only church. There's a lot of wonderful churches in our communities, a lot of wonderful churches across the nation. My prayer is that you'll connect to a church and find a good Bible-based preaching church that you can grow in the love and the grace of Jesus. So God bless you. Have a wonderful week. And know that God loves you, and so do we. Every breath I breathe an invitation to believe you are creating something good though the season doesn't tell my story i know you'll move mountains for me you're just that good so i'll give thanks to god when i don't have enough because he's more than enough he knows what I need, so I'll give thanks to God when I don't have enough, cause he's more than enough, and he knows what I need.
This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.